Okay, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We are rapidly coming to the time of year where we celebrate Jesus coming in the flesh. Jesus coming in the flesh. We are coming to that time of year where we celebrate the incarnation. And uh, the title of my message this morning is Imagine. And I want you to just travel with me and imagine a few things this morning. I mean, can you, can you imagine what this book tells us? Can you imagine the eternal Son, right, of God the Father is revealed to the world in the person of Jesus Christ? The Son of God, who is limitless in His divine nature, voluntarily and willingly accepts limitation in His humanity. Can you imagine with me this morning? Can you imagine a king? Royalty, wrapped in rags. Majesty in a manger. Holiness in the filth of sheep manure and straw. The creator of the universe, now dependent on a, on a teenage girl and a young carpenter. Can you imagine? I think it's, it's almost impossible to imagine, and yet... The incarnation is indispensable to Christianity. There is no Christianity without it. John tells us this in 1 John 4 verse 3, that every spirit that does not confess, right? Every spirit, every one of us is a spirit being. We're not only just flesh, we have spirits too. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. You know, one of the things that I really love about this Christmas season is that it, it has a way of releasing our imagination. I don't know if you, how imaginative you are, but for me, I've got a pretty big imagination and sometimes my dreams are really wild and, and then my imagination continues the dream and it gets even wilder. And, and often when I begin to sit down and contemplate who God is, when I think about God and I think about who we are and that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and even though that has been corrupted by, um, by sin and by any, everything that goes against God, God still made a way through Jesus to restore that image and likeness of God in us. When I begin to think about the, 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 the gravity of that, I mean, you might think that I'm crazy this morning, but when I begin to contemplate just who God is, when I begin to think about the breathtaking sweep of His creation story, the redemptive story that I've been invited into by faith and my life now being shaped and formed in Christ and the future that I have of all things being made new. Man, for me, that fires up my imagination. It truly does. And I hope that I never grow out of the capacity to hope or to ponder or to wonder or to imagine. You know, in the New Testament, one of the words uh, that the ancient Greek uses to translate the word ponder is the word imagine. It's used in the, in, in the that word ponder is used in the uh, Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, where the shepherds come to Mary and Joseph and they tell them what the angels have told them about the baby that's just been born. And in Luke 2 verse 19, it says that Mary treasured all of those words. They, she treasured what the shepherds had told her and pondered them in her heart. That word ponder is the word for imagine. I think 
she must have held that newborn baby, that newborn son, just soaking in the moment. Imagining, uh, what, what is God up to? What is God going to do here? Thinking, I never, I, I, never, I never would have dreamed anything like this could ever happen to me. This is beyond my wildest imagination. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have actually been there that night with those shepherds? <laughs> could, could you imagine what it would have been like to, to not only see angels, but to hear them too? To hear the angel of the Lord announce the greatest news of all time. That a baby's been born. A savior. A messiah. Can you imagine hearing a multitude of angels filling the sky and singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth amongst men. Can you imagine what a thrill it must have been for those shepherds that night to hear that news? I mean, shepherds really are the lowest of the low. You know, they really, I mean, shepherds are not really important people, are they? They're out there tending, tending sheep. They're like the, the least of these, to use the, the words of Jesus. At that time, at that age, 2,000 years ago, there wasn't anything spectacular about being a shepherd. You stank of sheep. Uh, you're never important, never recognized. But on that night, God chose them to be the very first people on the planet to know that a Savior had been born down the road. Can you imagine what a thrill that must have been? I heard about a, a children's Christmas play in which the, uh, a little boy was asked to play the innkeeper in, in the play, um, but he wasn't very happy about playing the part of the innkeeper because he wanted to, he wanted to be Joseph in the play. Um, so you know, he's, he, was, he, well, he reluctantly you know, took that little role on and he was going to be the innkeeper, but he didn't want to. And so he decided that he was going to throw the whole thing off because he couldn't get his way. So he decided that when Mary and Joseph got to the inn, like in the play in front of everybody sitting watching this play, he was just going to turn the whole thing around. And when, when Mary and Joseph, these characters, got to, to the inn and, and, they, and they were looking for a room to, 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 uh, to stay the night in, uh, he, he, he thought what he would do is, um, uh, instead of saying, you know, sorry, we've got no room available, he would say, sure, come on in. We've got plenty of room. And he was just going to throw the whole play off. Well, the little guy uh, who was playing the part of Joseph was fortunately a quick thinker, so he stuck his head in the door and, and he looked around and he said, there's no ways I'm bringing my wife into a dump like this. Come on, Mary, we're going to the stable. But can you imagine, just for a moment, really, what it was like for Joseph in that moment? Can you imagine what must have been going on in his mind? You know, like, man, I feel like a real loser. This is the best that I can do for my pregnant wife, a stable. I mean, can you imagine being Joseph for the nine months prior to the birth? Can you imagine his friends, his mates? It's Joseph. Come on, dude. You're going to stay with her? She's pregnant. You're really going to get married to her? Joe, God's baby? Seriously? Wake up and smell the coffee, dude. You've got to dump her. Can you imagine Joseph having such confidence in the character of Mary and having 
such confidence in the character of God that he was able to say, you know what, I might not understand everything, everything that's going on over here, but I have decided to put my trust in the one whose word never fails. Can you imagine being Mary? Can you imagine having the Son of God in you? Can you imagine the labor and the pain and the breathing and the pushing and the thrill of hearing the cries of God as He enters the world through you? Can you imagine being Jesus' parents? Changing God's nappy. Giving the Creator tips on carpentry. Now remember, Jesus, measure twice and cut once. And Jesus like, yes, Dad. I mean, can you imagine sitting down to dinner and looking across the table and going, man, this, that's God eating my stew. I mean, it's unbelievable. Can you imagine standing on the banks of the Jordan River when this baby is now a young man of 30 years old and you're standing there and as he walks down into that water, you hear the voice coming from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Can you imagine sitting on, a, on that hillside, you know, the day uh, that he was giving that amazing teaching, which we know is the Sermon on the Mount, and you're sitting there on that hillside actually listening to him while he teaches, saying things that no one has ever heard. Things like, blessed are the meek and the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after God, because they will be filled and don't judge. Like if you're going to take a speck out of your friend's eye or your neighbor's eye, be sure that you take the log out of your own eye first. Hearing Jesus say things like, love your neighbor as yourself. And love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. And he gets to the end and he says, those of you who have heard these words of mine and put them into practice, you're like a wise person who builds your house upon the rock. I mean, can you imagine being in that crowd when Jesus takes two little fish and five little loaves of bread and, and he feeds 5,000 of you until you're absolutely stuffed? Can you imagine being out on a boat in the sea and a violent storm comes up and that boat's rocking to and fro and, and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is it. We're done for. This, this, it's over. And you're rocking around in that boat and, and, and he stands up on the other end of the boat and he begins to speak to the wind and the waves. And he says, be still. <laughs> and suddenly there's calm. You'd be saying, who is this guy? Can you imagine the streets of Jerusalem as the same man this kind man, this good man, this man who touched the untouchables, this man who embraced sinners, this man who stood up for those who were being oppressed. This man is now being led through the streets and up a hill like a common criminal to be nailed to a cross and crucified. And can you imagine 
that little baby who cried out in that stable in Bethlehem, now crying out from the cross, it is finished. I've done what I came to do. And just imagine that all of that was done for you. Well, you know, this morning you don't have to imagine it because it's true. It's true. God came looking for you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Imagine that. Folk, I want to remind you again, as I'm going to do over the next two Sundays, that Christmas is about a God who longs to be with us. Christmas is about a God who longs to forgive us of our sins, to wipe away our past and give us a fresh start and who longs to do life with us every single day. Can you imagine what it would be like to really know God? Imagine what it would be like to be able to bring the same kind of selfless, unconditional love into your life, into your relationships, maybe into your marriage for the very first time. Can you imagine what it would, would, have, what it would be like to have the courage and the humility to finally forgive your father for what he did or to forgive your mother for what she did or to forgive your family for what they've done. Imagine what it would be like to go and spend Christmas with people without having a knot in your stomach and just having an absolute freedom. Imagine what it would be like or feel like to walk free from the regret and the guilt from those old memories that haunt you. Imagine what it would be like to be clean and to be free from the grip of some addiction that has messed up your life for long enough. Imagine what it would be like to walk through your day with the same sense that Joseph and Mary had, that God is with you. There's another place in the Bible where the word imagine appears. It's in Ephesians 3 verse 20. It simply says this, and this is from the message version. It says, God can do anything you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. You know, with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. God can do immeasurably more in your life. And the good news this morning is that God wants to. He really does. That's why he came. That's why he was born into this world. That's why he lived a sinless life. It's why he went to a cross to set us free from everything that goes against God. To set us free from all of the corrupt ways in which we live our lives. To set us free from sin. So that we can live lives where we genuinely are free and full and forgiven forever. I want to encourage you this Christmas. May you be reminded that through the incarnation, God made possible the redeeming of human nature. May you be reminded this Christmas season to embrace his gift of grace every day. May you this Christmas season have more of a hunger for Christ within you. A genuine thirst for God in your life. 
where you genuinely say, God, I want to live for you. I want to see beyond this little life that I have right now into what's to come. I want my life to be joined to you. May you this Christmas season say to yourself, God, forget about the things of this earth and the things of this world. I want my life to be conformed to the pattern of your kingdom. And if you're here this morning and you're not there yet, and maybe this is all kind of new to you, can you imagine if you kept your heart open to knowing more? Imagine you keep asking questions. Maybe you get a Bible and you start to read it and you begin to see who Jesus is and what he said and what he did and who he encountered. Because I'll tell you this morning, if you keep doing that, you will find him.